Hello and welcome to Ias Gablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. Welcome back to another mini episode of Hijas Que Hablan. Uh, today, I am very honored to have our guest today, a fellow creative and artist, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. So if you want to go ahead. Hi, guys. I'm Elvira Gill, or that's how the white people say it, but I'm Elvira Gil. <laughs> I have to correct them all the time. Um, I'm an experiential designer. I currently work at Agency. They're a digital experiential company um, based out of LA. It is a pretty well-known company. We do a lot of pop-ups, experiential, um, award shows, a lot of different little things here and there. I'm like, yes. Um, At the end of the episode, we'll sort of link her website so y'all can see the the different projects that she's been involved in, but sort of maybe where we can get started is where did your passion for art and creating and making, like, where did that start at or from? Well, that's a, that's a, ooh, that's a story. <laughs> um, it has to start actually being the youngest of five kids. Wow. Um, my, my father actually has other kids so it's like it's a group of 10 of us um but my parents are, were immigrants from Mexico from Jalisco um and they pretty much were a very typical um immigrant family uh we lived with my uncle and my aunt so it was like a, a big family in like a little house um and I was I was the youngest little girl and I really didn't have a lot of things or like toys, like they, everything was hand-me-down. So it was like hand-me-down doll. Um, and I just like created my own little world with like these leftover toys. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember vividly my mom asking her, like, mom, can I have a dollhouse? And she's like, oh, you know, she, like, she found her ways of saying, I'm like, we don't have money, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't have the concept of money back then. And I remember I asked her, I was like, okay, that's fine. But um, a friend of my sister's was like, oh, I have a dollhouse if she wants it. So we picked it up. It was the nastiest thing possible. <laughs> <laughs> it had like bird poo and whatnot. And my mom's like, well, if you want it, you have to carry it home. And I was like, fuck it. My little short ass carrying the little thing back to the house. I was like, this is going to be my dollhouse. I cleaned it. I pulled out all the markers I could find in the house. They weren't even like good markers. I'm like, I'm over here coloring it up, trying to make it look nice. And that's kind of like where things kind of unraveled with me. Like I, I was just like, I'm making my own stuff. Like uh, we really didn't watch, we didn't have cable TV, so I didn't watch any of, like, like the good cartoons is what I call them. <laughs> I was a PBS kid, okay? I was watching Dang. Sesame Street. So I was learning how to make my own little toys. Um, and I, I remember <laughs> I remember seeing a commercial for um, the Weeble Wobbles. And I didn't understand how, like, they were round and, like, how they didn't stay up. But I was like, oh, these these little toys fit my dollhouse. Um, but of course, can't afford them. But we had chickens. So I used the chickens to play in the dollhouse. <laughs> it was so funny. My mom was like, hey, 
she's entertaining herself. So, so that's pretty much how it unraveled. I, every school project, I was like, that's the only thing I cared about. I didn't want to do my math homework. I wanted to do whatever it was that the, you know, art homework was. Um, school plays, like, everybody's like, oh, I want to be, I want to be this character. I want to be that character. And I was like, um, where do I sign up to do the backdrops? Like, mm-hmm. how do I help out to do that? Like, where do I go to help out with the costumes? So I never was very, like, um, more, like, academic. I was just creative, like, left and right. I want to do this. I want to do that. Wow. Like, um, so when you started, you said you sort of started, like, when you were younger and, like, your, your like, play productions, right? Um, what is, like, the fondest memory that maybe you have of, like, maybe the first set that you helped build or, like, the first costumes that you helped put together? Like, was it, now that you look back at it, you're like, mm, maybe I do it a different way, you know, right? Just, like, a fond memory <laughs> you have of those early set creations. I remember the fifth grade at my elementary school. Um, it, it was the, the fifth grade class gets to throw a play. And it was like a twist on Snow White. Um, and I was like so into it. I was like, okay, so I'm gonna work on the backdrop and all this. And I had like my little ideas, but um, one of my teachers was like, oh, we're gonna go on a field trip to, um, oh, what's it? I forgot what the theater was called, but we ended up going to go see Beauty and the Beast, the live action. And I remember not sitting down. I remember just standing up watching everything like what the fuck is happening how did the how did the fork and the spoon come out of the floor like what the like I was on my toes just like oh what's that what's this how did they do that like I wasn't even paying attention to like I loved Beauty and the Beast but I was like storyline out the window I was so amazed by how everything was happening Mm -hmm. so after watching that I was like oh my god I have to like figure out how to do this on that play. That play was, um, <laughs> it was janky. It was also a fifth it, grade production. So it do was, yourself some it credit. Was bad. It was like, <laughs> it was some cardboard boxes. <laughs> it was like duct tape that I had stolen from my dad. <laughs> it was bad. But hey, you were a fifth grader. What did you expect? It's not like you were going to have intricate, like, resources that you have now, right? I mean, yeah, it's true. Like, our budget was, like, 20 bucks back then. And I was just, like, there was no 99 cent store back then either. It was just, like, the corner store. Mm. I can only imagine. So then how did you come across like set design, right? Or being involved in sort of that? Because I feel that like when people have an idea of like, oh, what it is to be an artist, right? Or what it is to do art for a living. Like I think of like, oh, people that are painters, right? Or people that are doing all like animation that's a thing that I'm like okay like set design right it doesn't seem very obvious so how did you stumble upon it you you obviously had a an early passion but to make this a career how how did that happen that that that, that's something that's quite interesting (laughs) 
because like okay I don't know I don't know if your parents are immigrant parents um but a lot of our immigrant parents are like they isolate us from like the world they're like ooh, the dangers of the white world and I'm just like but you brought me here like what do you want me to do um so it's like you, you want me to like cohabitate with people but not like uh, like I'm like I don't understand um but yeah I I was into drawing, I was into painting, into like building little models. I didn't know what these things were called because I didn't have anybody to guide me. My teachers were very not like involved in it. Like they were like, okay, it's your homework assignment, but I don't, I don't care. Like you did it, like it looks great. Um, it wasn't until I got to high school that I took art classes and it, I literally took it um, junior, um, what grade is it? Ninth to 12th. And I took it during summer school. I was that nerd. I was that person going to summer school that I didn't need to, only for math, but like <laughs> I went for art. <laughs> um, and my art teacher was, she was a little weird. Mm-hmm. She was helpful, but not helpful. She was like, okay, your stuff's good, but it's not that good. And I remember senior year, she vividly told me, and I remember I still tell people this story. I was like, I was like, I was just drawing and she's like looking at it. And she's like, you do realize that people, your people don't really amount to anything in the art world. And I looked at her and I was oh, like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I don't know why you're taking this AP class. She's like, you're, it's not gonna, you're not gonna amount to anything in the art world. And I was just like, what? I was crushed like crushed because I was like okay this lady has been helping me kind of Mm. but like what just happened and I I was like what I was my I I was I was done with art I actually ended up going to community college for um what was it like uh like I don't even know what the program is called it's like you take care of little kids at daycares okay okay I don't know what it's called but I was like okay I have nephews and nieces I like them okay I'll do that but my niece and my nephew I was taking care of them and they just loved everything I drew for them they were the ones that basically were like Evie you need to go back to school they're like my nephew Angel he was like you need to stop taking care of me you need to go back to school you need to do something and at that time I was helping my sister um doing cake decorating I didn't like the baking but I loved doing the little sculptures (laughs) and then I was like okay I'm gonna come back to LA because I was living in Georgia at that time I'm like I'm gonna come back to LA research and I researched and I researched and all the programs for art were very like like singled like it was Mm -hmm. like you either go for graphic design or photography or fashion and I was just like I, I was never the type to just stick to one thing. And then at, literally at the bottom of the list of like the, the, um, the programs that they have at the school, they're like, it said, said set and exhibit design. And literally it was smaller text than the rest of the list. And I was just like, what, what the hell? And I asked, I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, we don't know if you're going to like it. We might close that program, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I want to check it out. Fuck it. 
and then they're like really oh wait can I say fuck it yeah yeah you're fine you're fine <laughs> and I was just like okay um let me look at the program and the program was literally all the other programs rolled into one wow. and now and they're like are you sure you don't want to do this I was like yeah this is what I want I was like I'm gonna do it and I was annoying everybody because I wanted to learn everything I became friends with the graphic designers I became friends with the fashion students I wanted to learn everything and a little bit of everything I just had to like I couldn't stick to one and that's basically what set design is it's all of it rolled into one it's not just you know graphic design it's just not photography it's everything and so like once you found sort of your your place in set design what has been like the hardest part of entering into this industry right because even in like your schooling right in your education that was such a small visit like visually writing your in your school like something so that people consider so small but has such a like you said is so involved like I can only imagine how difficult it is to enter an industry like this that is involved with so many other industries or a blend of so many other things honestly it was my mom had kind of like before instilled this thing in me of like you have to trust your gut. Mm. So she's like, trust your gut with people, but don't completely trust them because you know you never know. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be open with people. I'm gonna trust them, and mm. I did my best with kind of brief brief little oh, befriending the um, instructors, mm. and from them I started getting you know smaller projects, bigger projects. And then one instructor was like, okay, they're hiring at Universal Studios. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to bring a costume. What do you like? I need more info. (laughs) And then she's like, no, silly. She's like, it's for um, Halloween Horror Nights. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I love Halloween. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was born in October. Like, that's my month. Like, I just, I'm obsessed with Halloween. And Dia de los Muertos, even though it's not Halloween. Okay. well, I always have the correct people with that. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Um, but that's how I fell into it because I was willing to be open and like not be so isolated um, that she was the one that helped me out to get that position at Universal mm-hmm. Studios. So it was mainly me growing a network of people. Mm-hmm. So it's like the network that you create is the one that really helps you get to places it kind of sucked for me though because I really wanted a Latina or Latino based Mm. um, network and the majority of the people were different races there was mixed Mm. um, or cultures not races cultures Um, but the majority of ones that were working were white Mm. so I was like oh like it's not that I don't like white people, but it's just, it's, it, it's just like, I felt like there was a hole of like the Latino community missing in, in the, in that industry. And it, even more I noticed because the Latinos were the vendors. Mm-hmm. And anytime I was at an event, I was the one talking to them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Elena, go talk to, to Fulanito or, or to mm-hmm. this vendor or that vendor. And I'm like, really good okay fine 
So I, I noticed that, that it was, we were the ones bringing the chairs and the tables. Mm-hmm. We were the, um, our curtain guy, like they were bringing in fabric. They were the seamstress. Mm-hmm. They were the, the catering people. It was, they were, they were working. I got that. Like they had some, a lot of them were like, um, the vendors but they own the business you know we had people that were the balloon people um so it's like they had their business but I also felt like we were in the mix of the actual event like we weren't part of the one saying this is how it should look this is how things should be and the industry that I'm in is very very like male driven like there's a lot of male designers um so for me that was like the biggest thing that I saw that I was like even the clients that we had I was like all the names on the emails were very like just white folk and I'm like it I'm like I'm fine but I feel like some of the stuff that we worked on I'm like like I'm like you need someone uh you need a Latino in it you know Mm -hmm um and currently I'm like we're we worked um on a couple different shows and programs that were like Latinx so I was very happy that like you know that we were involved in that and we were pushing that but that was like my one thing I just felt like I needed a comadre is what I wanted I needed a a comadre designer that we could like bounce bounce off ideas Mm. but I just like I still I have found maybe like maybe two or three people so that seems rough like how do you deal with that right and being in these very white male dominated spaces as a woman as a latina how do you deal with that well i have anxiety <laughs> me <laughs> i have anxiety anxiety doesn't help though right? yeah that's not a tool um I honestly, they, what, oh my God, no, what was it? I had, a, well, I had, a, I had several different creative directors now. Mm-hmm. One of them said I was intimidating, mm-hmm. that the other designers were intimidated by me. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Or that I was, I was aggressive. That mm-hmm. was like another word they used. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And my, me being me, I'm like overthinking anxiety. I'm like, my ass is Googling these words. I'm like, I know what they mean, but why am I Googling them? Still Googling them. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm aggressive. I'm like, I'm not aggressive. I'm passionate. I have a passion. Mm. And if I think this is going to work because I know the client, then we're giving the client what I think is going to work. If you don't agree with it, that's on you. Mm. I'm presenting this to the client. I know my client. I studied their brand guidelines I studied them mm. so I'm going to present in this and when I did the client was like loving it I I did my best to create a relationship with the clients right and with that that kind of gave me like the encouragement and the strength that I needed to deal with like these people that were saying that I was aggressive mm. or that I was intimidating and I had a couple other people, like women, tell me, oh, yeah, you're, you are a little intimidating. But once, you know, we get to know you, you're like, you're not. And I'm like, 
okay, like that's understandable, but um, I'm like, I feel like I have to put on like kind of a shield um, because it's a male dominated industry. So it's like, I have to show them that I'm not weak, you know, like, right. like I can do what you can do and better. Right. And I have, yeah. And I mean, your, your work shows, like, speaks louder than, you know, whatever people might think of you. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it seems like, it seems like a lot of work just to be in those spaces, right? And I feel that, like, maybe other people, other Latinas, right, maybe our listeners who are thinking about entering into spaces like this, right, one where... Latinos in general are really not at the table, right? Uh, like mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. But then also where Latinas are definitely not at the table, right? What would you say to other creative hijas who want to enter into these spaces um, but are scared or don't even know where to start? I would tell them to do it, jump. When someone tells you not to do it, do it and prove them wrong. Like I proved that I proved that teacher wrong. Mm -hmm. I showed her. I graduated. I have my bachelor's degree. I have a shit ton of projects under my belt. I have things that have been um, published. I I did it, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Don't let your mind because I thought because I was an immigrant child that I couldn't do it that it would take another couple generations to get there don't be be that person that you want like prove people wrong like make sure you don't give up I took my break because I needed it because mentally I was you know someone put me in a spot where I was second guessing myself but come back to it come back to what you know you can do that it's your passion because if you're not happy with it it's just gonna make your life suck and you're not gonna move forward so make sure you're happy that, that that's what you know is gonna make you happy even if it's like not paying that well but you're happy doing it okay you never know things might turn around and people are gonna want to buy your stuff um And when it comes to like connecting with people, join everything. Like, mm -hmm. like Ikaz Unidas, I saw it on TikTok and I didn't even let the, fin <laughs> the video finish. And I'm like, where is it on Instagram? <laughs> I'm like, I need to find this. This is what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, literally, I am on, I forgot what the other one is called. Um, we are Latinas or we grow Latinas, mm -hmm. some other kind of thing. But I literally joined anything and everything that has to do with Latinas because I'm out there trying to find others like us. I feel like I'm in like um, a Twilight Zone world <laughs> where I'm like, where are you guys? I know you exist. Yeah. Trying to, you know, through the sea of all these people, like, don't understand, yeah. don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't understand. I should like do like a little like chunk line and be like, I oh. sense you guys, where are you? <laughs> like instead of the Batman call, it's a little yeah, just a <laughs> like where is everybody? I love that. Where are my so designers? Much. Yes, but it's just yeah. like I'm very thankful that you sat with us because it's like 
I feel that like me uh, growing up, like I was always like artistically inclined. I was always drawing on the margins of my books, right? Yeah. I was always writing, right? But my parents were very much, my parents are also immigrants from Durango. Um, so they were very much like, you have to be a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor. And for me, like dreaming about these different things was not something that was within my scope, right? So it's like, I'm very thankful that you shared a little bit about your story because it's like maybe other people who are also artistically inclined are like, let me check out set design. Like this is something that I didn't even know was an option for me as a brown girl to be able to be like, that's something I want to do. So it's just like, even yeah. though you feel like you're not represented, it's just like you're bringing along the next generation of Latina designers with you. Because um, yeah. like, I'm like, it makes me so excited because I'm just like, ah, other people other people will see other people will get inspired you know and I feel like at the end like even if we feel alone now others will join us eventually yeah you'll find us yeah exactly that's exactly what I actually my niece called me this morning she was like I don't know if I want to be an ROTC anymore and I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm like girl Liz I'm like are you okay and she's like what I'm like are you okay do you like doing this and she's like, no, not really. And I'm like, then stop. Leave it. She's like, but I don't want to be a quitter. I'm like, you're not a quitter. Mm. This isn't making you happy. That doesn't make you weak. That doesn't show nothing. It is not making you happy. And she's like, yeah, I know. I was like, look, if you had a friend who was in a relationship that wasn't making her happy, that every day she'd come home and tell you, hey, this thing, this guy is making me sad. Mm. What would you tell her? And she's like, oh, to leave him? I was like, girl, mm-hmm. then leave that ROTC. Mm-hmm. Leave it. She wants to be a doctor. And I'm like, leave it. Your passion is being wasted on something that right. you, you don't want it. You don't want it. Just go with what you feel the need is. Like, that's your need. Like, feel your passion. Go in that direction. Just because other people don't want to do that it doesn't matter like to stop following the trends right 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 I'm like yes and that is so true and that's what you did right people yeah. doubted you and they told you that you couldn't do it and look at where you're at now <laughs> but Sarita, exactly. if you want to tell us what your social media handles are before yeah um my experiential handle is uh every three gill um and then my other one it's that one only has like my illustrations I've been trying to stay creative and then force myself to like Mm. post things like getting my ideas out there um that one is uh designs um underscore by underscore okay and well but okay for all of our listeners thank you so much for joining us on our mini sode for today um if you have any other questions you can always send them to us and we'll pass them along um but thank you so much for joining us and i hope that our listeners were motivated because i know i was motivated now i have like all these canvases i'm like i need to go paint like i need to stop <laughs> being i need to go do something yeah so any, so any little thing anything yes that's anything. what we just We just need to stop being scared of, you know, getting ourselves out there and just do it, you know? Yeah. Your your best fans are the ones that talk shit. That's fair. That's facts. (laughs) But thank you for joining us.